Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Sitting with my best friend Tony. What's up, buddy? What's up, homie? I'm definitely trading you in for best friend today, bro. One Dude, of my favorite I'm people. I'm not even ever. scared. I'm not even scared because you know it'll only be a one way friendship. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <It's> like, <laughs> no, sir. You don't know. Hey, so well, that's um, a, you know, long distance relationships are hard. Oh, I get um, I don't know. The internet age kind of makes things easy, man. I mean, I could I could use a uh, I could use a little uh kick in co-host every once in a while. You always trying to hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> feelings hurt. Hey, man. So I, I don't really know how to set the, today up except to say that, like, we have been so blessed in our podcast kind of uh, run or journey. And um, and and I'm getting all chilly now. But we, uh, you know, we get to we get to uh, do some pretty cool stuff. We get to get invited to some pretty cool stuff. And and today on the podcast, we have the one and only the amazing Brit Siva. And uh, and to that, she uh, she uh, invited us to uh, to host the uh, the Thrivers Live event. I guess I guess that was a couple months ago, but but we were able to we were able to uh, to host that, and it was just such a very very cool experience. And what Brit is doing for the industry is completely different than what anyone else is doing. See, Brit's full of grace and mercy, right? Because we were supposed to be there live. And yep. then someone got sick. Someone got sick. So we had to do it virtually. <laughs> yep. And then this podcast is supposed to be a month ago. And then someone well, got no, sick. It kind of did. I mean, it was the first time. It was the first time ever on the podcast was uh was that uh, you, uh, you had to leave halfway through because your little dude got uh, your your grandson got sick. But uh, but yeah, she definitely gave us uh that grace and mercy, didn't she? Yeah. Or twice. Or. Or it could be a jinx. <laughs> no, that ain't a jinx, man. She's not a jinx. No, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Come on. <laughs> As my wife busts in the door and tells Tony yes to leave again. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not leaving. But um, but it's really interesting what Brit's up to. And and actually a couple of weeks ago when we were at um at Hair Love Retreat, we were chatting with somebody. And like what Brit has been able to do is to be able to bring a whole bunch of value to the industry and into the industry, but she kind of works outside of the industry. And what I mean by that is like when we were at Thrivers Live, like most of her keynotes were not in the industry, but they brought incredible, incredible value to our industry. Dude, for so many years, I, I don't know if, if I, I'm not blaming the brands or I'm not calling the brands out or anything, but it seems like they try to keep everybody within the circle and inside this bubble, right? In their bubble. In their bubble. And therefore, mm -hmm. we get all of our knowledge, all of our mentorship. We get everything inside this bubble. And she's def definitely stepped outside the bubble. And so, you know what? If this is working for all these other big businesses in the world, why can't it work for ours? And so what she's done is bringing all these other people outside of our industry into ours to inspire the people inside the industry and to help the people in the industry. And it's dude, it was amazing. It was amazing. And you know what else she did for me on that same note was that 
I didn't realize that. Like, I didn't realize all the information that we were getting was inside the industry. And then I kind of watched how she how she set up her 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 Thrivers Live and how there's all. And I'm like, of course, there's good knowledge outside of the industry. You know what I mean? Like, it, it makes sense. It, it, but you're right, man. You know, congrats to the industry for being able to keep it in. But there's so much information out there. When you go to business school, right, they're breaking down business, right? They're not saying, well, hey, you're in this industry. Well, it only works here. You know what I mean? No, there's fundamentals and there's things that there's, you know, a formula that helps everybody. And she's bringing those people in to, to teach that. Should we bring her in? Yeah, because we, we could or talk just, about her for an hour while she's sitting there. She could talk. Yeah, she could talk about it herself. Right. Come on. Let's bring it. Exactly. So, Miss Britt Siva, man, welcome back once again to your day off. Well, thanks for having me, friends. I have so much I want to say. First of all, I'm honored that I get to be Tony's stand-in whenever he's not available. Whatever. I accept the position. Great. Looking you're, you're forward hired. to it. He's going to start booking podcasts and not telling me. And I'm like, hey, sorry. I heard you in Berlin. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't think you were available. It's how it goes. You know, this is what happens over time. It's okay. We're good with it. But I'm I'm really honored to have gotten to know y'all over the past few years. And like, I do feel like we really are friends. And it's been exciting to kind of see this evolution in the industry to exactly what y'all are saying. Like, I joined the industry in 2007, like, it was almost like pre-internet, like before we even knew all of the opportunity that existed for us. And you're exactly right. I had this epiphany myself of like, why am I limiting to myself? Why am I limiting myself to just the education that's being presented to me? You know, we partnered with a big hair color brand, an incredible hair color brand. And they had maybe 20 educators at the time. And it was like, here's our menu, pick your class. That's it. And we accepted it face value. And the more I got into the world and started studying business, I thought, man, it's not 20 people I could learn from. It's like 20,000 people. And why would I limit myself to this tiny pool? And why should anybody in the industry limit themselves? But it's, it's what you, what you exactly said. We don't know what we don't know. And it's like, until you expose yourself and you get out there and you have that light bulb moment of like, oh my gosh, there's just this whole other world to explore. We're, we're blind to it. Yeah. And, 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 and to your point, you're right, because what the brands offer, yeah, absorb that. You know what of I mean? Of course. But don't don't stop there. That's not, you know, that's not the only word. Right. There's so much like you said, there's 20 other thousand people that you can uh, absorb from. So, uh, yeah, I, it, you're kudos. It, it was just br- brilliantly said about, um, you know, the 20,000 just people that you can, you know, learn from. Learn, yeah. It, anyway, I, I'm just rambling, but <laughs> it's, I, it's, I, it's I was, I was awestruck in, in the sense of, you know, uh, we, how we all were in that bubble and, and it took us so long to really look outside that bubble. And, and when, and I really didn't see it too much uh, until we started noticing you and, and a few others like, wow, they're doing something really, really special. I it, it kind, of, kind of well. First off, Brett I, from Tony and I, thank you so much for involving us in that, and thank you so much for inviting us. I mean, it's like I, I can't. It is such an honor to 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 be able to do that kind of stuff. And like you know, we we never really had plans about where this would lead or whatever. But man, for us to kind of and and we're not broadcasters, you know. So I mean, we we have a podcast, but we're not professional broadcast. We're hairdressers, you know. So so to be asked to kind of come in and like and to carry the weight a little bit is such an honor for us, man. We we just I can't I, I can't express to you enough how how appreciative we were for that invitation and like it it just meant a whole whole lot to us. 
Well, the feeling is so mutual. Like for me, I definitely, I still see it. Like I see such an evolution for our industry of where I think it can go. And it would never be fun for me to like level up alone. And so for the last few years, I've been really strategic. Like I think people can sometimes see me as like a bit of an introvert because I don't go to a lot of the hair shows and I don't connect broad. Like for me, I I go narrow and I go deep. Like when I find people like you and a couple of, a handful of other educators that we talked about before going live, I like to build the connection as deep as I can with those that I feel like are super values aligned, um, see where this, this industry could go in a really big way. And I know it's going to take an army to get us there. And the cool thing is I feel like it's starting to build. Like we rattled off probably half a dozen, a dozen names of other people who are like, they see it, they see the bigger picture. And I don't know about you all, but I'm seeing the energetic shift. Like I'm seeing stylists and salon owners see their business differently. And what's interesting in bringing in outside educators, like you talked about is in doing that. Yes. I'm selfishly doing it because I want our stylists and salon owners to learn from them. But you have to know, like on the flip side, people message me and they're like, I'll be honest, I was a little hesitant to speak at your event because hairstylists and salon owners wouldn't be my typical audience. And then they realize that they had a huge misconception about what our industry is all about. And I think for us to level up in the way that we want to, to earn the money that we know we deserve, to have everything we want, it has to be that mutual. Like they have to see us differently. We have to show up differently, but we have to garner that respect outward also. And and I think that there's this like really cool crew of people, educators, influencers, voices such as yourselves coming up who are like on this mission. And I think in 10 years, this industry is going to look nothing like it does right now. I think we're in an, an evolution. It's exciting. Well, what do you, how do you, so in the next 10 years, what do you see? Project us out. I think about this a lot. So I, I think that we are heading a little bit more traditional business, which I think really scares. It's funny. It's everything we ever wanted. And then it scares us as soon as we start to get it because you can't have your cake and eat it too. If if we are going to have things like health benefits and retirement and, and make 500 grand a year and do all of the things that corporate America does that we say that we want to do cool. We've got to show up that way. You can't do that. And then also allow your clients to pay you in bottles of wine. You can't do that. And then uh, you can't expect that. And then also work seven days a week behind the chair. You can't do that and not raise your prices for six years. Like you, you've got to get strategic with your business and we're really seeing people do it at scale. Um, I think that we are going to go a bit more of a traditional, more corporate route over the next decade, but not in a scary way. I think in a really modern way. Um, I think that the way that salon leadership looks right now is going to change tremendously. Um, I keep saying, I think that the gig economy is kind of coming for stylists, but not in the like, I rent a booth one day a week way. Instead, like I, I look to my daughter a lot. She's uh 10 weeks into cosmetology school right now. Oh, so wow. she, I know. So she's like my little, my little super spy. And, and I get a lot of insights from her as far as like, all right, what did the up and comers want? They almost want to work like how you'd work in a restaurant where like maybe this week I work Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, but next week I want to work Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the following week, I'm going to take the whole week off. And we could say that that's lazy. And we could say that they don't have the work ethic. We could say whatever we want to. It doesn't matter the new generation always dictates the trend. Like we laugh at boomers now. Gen X is kind of getting up there in age. I'm a millennial and maybe I'm becoming a dinosaur like before you know it. And 
and you have to realize like the new up and coming generation is going to dictate what counts and they want exceptional education. They want to be taught deep and fast and they want to be able to work when they want to, and they don't want to work their lives away. There's just a real evolution coming and salon owners and the other stylists in the industry are going to have to step up. But the up and comers has, has something that we didn't have and that is the internet, right? That's so it. They, yeah. So they get to learn twice as fast, if not 10 times faster than, than we get to learn. So they have it all right there and they can consume it as much as they want. We, can I can I speak to that for a second? Because yeah. you hit the nail on the head and it's so important. I am so impressed by you that you said that. I, I talk to a lot of salon owners who get frustrated with my advice because I'll say like, listen, your assisting program's antiquated. It's not going to work anymore. And they're like, well, somebody has to train with me for a year or 18 months or they're not going to do it the way I want them to do it. Okay, well, then no one's going to work for you. So just so you know, you you can keep it the way you want to keep it and you'll have no no team. Or you can realize that exactly what you said, education is at our fingertips. Ignorance is a choice. It's not like it was a decade ago or 20 years ago, and we got to catch up. Yeah, because when we used to go to the shows, it would always be the same faces at the shows, and that's the education we would get, and that's all we would know. Now it's completely different. Yeah, it's it's, it's right. absolutely different. You know, I was I was uh, I actually had a call, uh, a call with Michael Cole this morning, and what and one of the things that we chatted about was did I just name drop Michael? I think I just named drop. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it. It was, <laughs> it was good. It was good. But you know what we talked about, which is interesting, is that as a young style, when we were coming up as a young stylist, you went to a salon with a good reputation because they attracted the clients. Well, what's happened is now is that. Everything's changed and in that that weight has been shifted now as an individual and as 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 a person that stands behind the chair. Now you attract those clients or certainly you have the ability or, or the opportunity, I should say, to attract those clients. And, and, and we know a couple of young hairdressers straight out of school already had a clientele and went straight to a studio suite. Yep. You could have done that 10 years ago at all. You couldn't you could have done that five years ago. Would have no. been impossible. Yeah. Different now. Well, Different now. now, what's interesting layering on to what you just said is I agree because now stylists know to build their own brand and they're doing it on TikTok. They're doing it on the gram. They're doing it wherever. It's easy. You can you can have a brand up and running in a weekend. It's no problem. If that doesn't mean that salons are becoming obsolete, which I think is the concern is a lot of people are like, well, everyone's just going to work in studio suites and that's going to be in. No, they're, no, they're not. Of course not. That's that's not it's not for everybody. Um, however, stylists who do choose to work for salons will expect the salon to be the machine. And I know that's frustrating for salon owners to hear, but if I'm not going to work independently, then you better be feeding me clients because otherwise, why wouldn't I? Right. If you're going to build your own success, then you well, can do it. I, I, I also think that, I mean, the three of us have been around long enough to know that there's a model for everybody. Of course. You know, not, not everybody is a, is a sweet person. You know what I mean? I no. mean, there's so many people that, that, that are going to need the support of a salon. Another, another thing that was brought up this morning that I find interesting too, that at least if like our friends that go straight into the suite is that they don't have the role models that are in their thirties, forties and fifties that then say, Hey, put some money away, you mm. know? Because when you're in your twenties, you're you're so you're so 
trained, challenged, whatever, where you are to where you're just spending everything that you have and not putting that money away. And I think sometimes it takes people in their their second or third uh, uh, de- decade of working to say, man, I should have put more money away. So well, that's not true if they belong to Thrivers, though. Hey, well, I like that plug. Well, hold on, no, but but then, but my transition to that was was going to be that in a in a in a traditional team based salon, um, you know, you have your manager or you have your coach in the house. Well, now what's happened is now there's so many there, there's so many again different opportunities with 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 Thrivers Live or w- with any kind of other coaching. That's why there's a lot of coaching in the space is because there's people that need it, right? I agree. So I think that to what you're saying, like I still have mentors. I still, I, I pay for people to have coaching calls with me. Like I know I don't know everything, but, but we're all of a different generation. And I look to like the Gen Z's and the younger people and we can say like, they need us. Cause we know that they do. Mm-hmm. Like I used to hate it when people were like, yeah, I've walked in your shoes. I know what, but, but now I'm like, I'm that person. Like I'm telling you, like save for retirement. Don't blow all your money. You don't have it all figured out. You can't spend all your profit because we've learned those lessons and we know those things. But the question becomes like part of it is convincing somebody that it's cooler to be in a salon team than it is in a studio suite. Like that is part of the job because I agree with you. Not everybody's cut out for a studio suite, but but it's cool and it's trendy. And when you're young, that's what you want to do is be like cool and trendy. So it's like, how do we make being mentored cool and trendy? Like how do we make being part of a team so appealing that you can't imagine doing it any other way? That becomes the That becomes the game if you're going to be a salon owner. Yeah, and we know we know a lot of people who left the salon suites because they missed being 100%. around other people, being around other creatives, and you know what I mean. Otherwise, you're in a room by yourself. But imagine being somebody who's never worked in a salon before, so you don't have the comparison. Like if you went to beauty school and then went to a suite, uh, you don't know what you don't know. You're right. And so, and so you're like, maybe I just hate doing hair. And that's what scares me is I think that we could lose a lot of good people who are just in the wrong environment but don't know better. Right. But I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm going to hold you to that a little bit. Just, come on. Only, only because only I'm not debating you, by the way. I'm just. Oh, I, my, come on. Bring on. <laughs> my, 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 like I almost left the industry because there was somebody that I was in a team based salon that I hated working with. But yes. I didn't realize how much I hated working with that person until I left that salon. Like I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this salon because I, I'm unhappy anyway. So what's the point? You know, and then I left that salon and I go. Oh, okay. So a lot of my unhappiness was working next to XYZ, not necessarily the industry, my clients, the yada, 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 yada. So why'd you come in and sweep with me then? Woo! No, that was, that was when we left before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was when we left our salon over there on, in Bethesda. Okay. But no, I, think I, was, you... I was saying I was the reason why you left. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never. No. I think you brought up a good point though. And that's like to any salon leader who's listening to this right now, like, you're going to lose the core. I forgot there was other people listening. I I know it's just us. Sorry. It's just us. (laughs) But, but if you keep the bad apples around, you lose the good talent. And I think that's important to know too. Like sometimes we keep the heavy hitters too long or, you know, Oh, she's my friend. She's going through a hard time. I couldn't let her go. It's like, all right, well then you're going to lose four other really great people in the process of hanging on to somebody who doesn't belong anymore. Hey, you have a unique perspective. I I, I assume like, do when there's a salon workout walkout, Mm. Well, what do you think drives that? Do you think it's like bad people, bad management or, 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 you know, with your experience, what kind of, yeah, go there. I don't know. It wasn't a question, but I'll open it up to you. (laughs) No, that's so interesting. I actually have a podcast coming out about this because 
uh, a salon owner messaged me and she was furious with her stylist because they walked out on her. And I was like, oh, I mean, I get it. I'd be furious too, totally empathize, but like, tell me more because I wanted to know what happened. And then you hear the story of likely what prompted the stylist to leave. And I always like take a step back and pretend I'm like sitting above looking down and I'm, I'm being co- totally unbiased. And what was happening flash forward is the salon owner wasn't making enough profit, was very financially stretched thin and was doing the thing that a lot of salon owners do where they kind of lean on their stylists as if they're friends. And it's like, they're sharing what's going on and they're talking about their fears and what happened is their team panicked. Her team completely panicked and was like, if, if you are this, like running on a fine line, we've got to get out of here. And so I think sometimes salon walkouts happen because of oversharing. I think on the flip side, um, micromanaging is another huge reason why people leave. Like we're in the era of the entrepreneurship. Like everybody wants to feel independent. I like I have I have 14 employees who work for me, but if you ask them, they feel extremely independent. And I think that's the formula that needs to happen today. Like if you are micromanaging, um, I see a lot of um, like growth paths that salon owners create where it's like, okay, you're, um, I'm going to make stuff up. Like you're going to be an uh, apprentice stylist for the first 18 months and then you can graduate to Sapphire and then you could be an Emerald once you've achieved blah, blah, blah things. That was so cute in 1993 and it's just not what works now. And, and there needs to be more autonomy. So I think it's like oversharing, friend zoning our stylists and then also not giving the room for them to be, to feel independent and a part of the team at the same time. I think, I think our industry is, um, is uniquely qualified for that too, because we are, no matter how we slice it or dice it, it is your business behind the chair, you know, regardless. Okay. So, so you said that, that there, your 14 people that work for you feel as if they're independent. So what's your management style? So you give them that autonomy. Um, that's a really good question. I think like when I get down to the core of it, my expectations are extremely clear. Everybody has a job description, which I think is really missing in this industry. Like if stylists work for you, I hope all of them has like a written down job description that you go over with them every 90 days. And then as they start to, if, if it's somebody who's um, an employee, so let's say you're paying them hourly or commission or whatever, every time they get a commission increase, they should get a new job description because we have all these like underlying expectations of like, well, Susie never cleans up after herself and Jameson should really stock the, the order when it comes in. And there's all these expectations that are not detailed out. And so then you have nothing to hold anybody to when, when somebody is acting a fool. And so having clear expectations, having core values. So my team knows what's expected of them. So long as they do their jobs in full, I don't care if they work three hours today or 13, you you need to do it until it gets done. Um, I could have half my team could be out to a long lunch right now. I'd have no idea. It doesn't matter because they all meet their deadlines. They all hit their financial benchmarks. And so when, when salon owners message me and they're like, I have a booth renter and she only ever works four hours a day. Who cares? Why do you, why do you care what she's up to? She pays her booth rent on time. And and we we have these like over controlling ideas of what success looks like. So long as you are renting enough booths that you're making a profit or your commission team is generating enough money, why do you care? I'd much rather have a stylist that produces a hundred grand in three days than a stylist produces 120 grand in five. Like my chair is so much more profitable if you make more in a shorter amount of time. So I think we just have to kind of like 
unhook the wagon and realize like we're building modern business. And that's how I lead my team. And so long as you're doing what you're supposed to and meeting your job requirements, we're square. I don't really care about the rest. It took forever uh, at the old salon that we worked at forever. Uh, you know, I, I finally got them to talk, talk them into letting us work four days a week. Yes. And, you know, but prior to that, it was uh, I don't think anybody did it until I did it. And yeah. then once I did it, then a lot of the, the guys that that was on our same level were able to do it. But and can it, I assume that when you went to four days a week, you still made great money? Like it, it doesn't my, affect my income did not change at all. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. so it's like it's like we're we're holding on to these old school ideas that aren't even true. Like they're actually false statements. Yeah. So, and and it's it's amazing too because like I said, literally since 2001, I've worked four days a week and, yes. and like after the weekend, like, to be honest, I'm kind of ready to go back to work. Like I feel like, 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 okay, it's time to go back to work and I'm ready to go there as opposed to like, it seemed like, well, first off, never having two days off. There was a time where I didn't have two days off in a row and I never felt like I had a day off. Right. Cause you're exhausted from the day before, or like you just, or, or you can't, you couldn't stay up late or whatever, you know, that day because you, you had to work early and, you know, I'm an old man. But um, but anyways, you know, that, that was uh, that was. It. So are you training? Because I what what I'm hearing and, and not to put words in your mouth, but what I'm hearing is that as as an industry. Let me think this through as an industry, we're hairdressers, then we're salon owners and then we're and then we're leaders and we're 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 leaders. But yet we haven't done anything to qualify us as the leader part. Mm. Right. Like like we haven't gone to any like leadership and not and not that we any haven't done it. But but as an industry as a whole, like that's kind of where we lack where we lack. We go from salons to owning a salon. I mean, from um, working in a salon to owning a salon. So are you in your program? Are you coaching how to be better leaders? And and, and is that the basis of, of of what Thrivers does? I have a program a it's called. That was a good question. That was very <laughs> profound, actually. So I had a program called Thriving Leadership that specifically speaks to leaders. And so this is something I don't think that that anybody talked about. So to any owners listening, like if you didn't know this, it's cool because no one was talking about it. So it's no fault of your own. I think most owners are actually operating as like managers, like middle managers, where it's like, I'm the key holder. I open the door, I turn the lights on, I pay the bills. You know, I keep everything stocked. I cut the paychecks. That's essentially what a manager does. It's important. It has to get done. I still do a lot of those things for my business. So I'm not saying it's not important work. That's not leadership. So if no one's following, you're not leading. And a lot of people feel like they're at odds with their salon team, or I say something and nobody listens or yeah, cause you're not a leader, you're a manager. And a lot of people don't love working for managers and, and you've got to be like, I call it the, the lighthouse or the North star. Like you've got to be the person that, that they turn to when the S hits the fan to be like, it's, it's cool. You know, Corey can figure it out. He'll know the answer. He'll be able to save me. And a lot of us aren't leading in that way. And leading is hard because it forces you to fire the bad apples and make the hard choices and tell somebody they're getting a pay cut because unfortunately their productivity is down, but it's also what earns you the respect. And I think in our industry, we feel safer being the manager than actually stepping up and being the, the leader and making the hard choices. But it's also what a, I think gives you the most professional fulfillment and B is what, what gives you the profit and the, the success that you were craving as a business owner. That's profound. Yeah, that is profound. <laughs> but and, it's and hard. It's hard. Yeah. And you're right. And, and, and I think I, the salon that we, that we're constantly talking about, he did a great job at that. He would, he would, he, he would bring in 
uh, managers in the salon. Um, and he, he had leaders in, in every salon that, uh, led with education, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and try not to, uh, have the managers so you know the managers would talk to you or whatever to make sure you know things ran smooth and it did everything but um but but he he made sure that his educators and his 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 people uh were excited and learning and and, and yeah. creating and and it, it was he was he was a really good leader in that way and and if you had an idea he wouldn't discourage it he would he would give you the power to 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 make it happen and if it was successful and give you the opportunity to share it with everybody else yeah. that's leadership and that's exceptional it's rare yeah. And, yeah. i mean not only would he allow you but he would finance it too you know like it like if it wasn't like like if it wasn't like a a, a super expensive you know if, sure. if you could, if you could come up with with whatever budget he would he would he would go okay yeah let's do this here here here's a thousand bucks let's see if we can get it off the ground you know and and he also had 15 salons so if you could get it to work in a then then you had a through x to to, to kind of master it you know and uh and he'd give that to you i mean he certainly gave us that opportunity a couple of times you know yeah which is which is pretty doggone cool and uh, that's that's huge leadership is it, and that's that builds that mutual trust right which i think is a missing piece too of like here's a thousand dollars i wish you all the best like i hope that this works but if it didn't i imagine there wasn't like a punishment on the flip side it's like oh. okay cool okay great okay so that one didn't work Let, let's keep digging in and working on it and come back to me if, if you think of something else and that's effective leadership it's innovative yeah yeah it really is uh, uh it, it's sad like as much as tony and i always talk about on the podcast man he's a we, we made a list of like 15 people or 20 people that when we started the podcast that would be like our dream list and he was on it but for whatever reason we can't we can't nail that guy down you know mm, interesting hey I, I i hope this doesn't derail us too much but um but i talked to gerard kieran's and he's just like uh he's just like so thankful for uh for for everything that you that you've been sharing with him he's really really uh uh impressed and and, and likes the whole thriver co uh community i think he joined actually right before thrivers because i think we yeah. chatted about it but yeah, yeah yeah that's our man gerard we met in 1992 in london it's a, it's a wild story like we've been friends with gerard for we were in hair school yeah we were in hair wow. school he was uh, one of the instructors for Graham Webb in London. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me turn yeah, the yeah. tables. Why do you think somebody like that would join Thriver Society? I, I think that, I, I mean, I don't want to. Uh, you're not put, I don't want you to put words in his mouth either. Uh, he's yeah. a salon owner. He's a salon owner. He's after a salon... COVID. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, you want the truth, truth, Brett? Always. He called me and he said, if you were to hire a coach in the country, who would it be? That's, that's the make truth. me cry. That's very kind of you. Thank you for that. Well, that that's that's the hundred percent truth. Yeah. He goes, he goes, he uh, he he. Actually, you know what? That's that's a half of a lie. He um, hold on. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was <laughs> too good to be true. No, 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 no. no See, no, now no. you know how I feel. No, I, I get it now. Now heart. I get. It. <laughs> hold on, hold on, heartbreakers. He gave me a list of five and he said out of these five and they were all they were all which is actually a bigger compliment because none of them were bums, right. you know, but out of the five, he said, OK, out of these guys, who would you go with? And, and I didn't even blink. I said, there's only one on that list. And that's Brit Siva. So that's the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. I better look that up before I so help me, God. I'm. <laughs> Hello, we're going to call Gerard right now. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you very much. But I the reason I ask is like, 
that impresses the hell out of me because for somebody to be so accomplished, but still be like, but I know there's more, I know that I can refine this. I know that I can be better. I, I firmly agree in all of that. Like being a lifetime student is the key to professional success big time. Like we never know everything and to be humble enough to say like, okay, great. What's my next opportunity? Where, where else am I going to dig in? I mean, that's the most impressive thing to me. I I'm wired the same. I love that platform artist with surface. I mean, he's traveled. Yeah. Yeah, He's, he's done everything. Yeah. I I think that was part of it too. I think part of it was that he spent, you know, 20, 25 years on the road as a platform artist Yep. that, that then when he went to open up his salon, he was like, okay, like maybe there's a disconnection here. So like, I need, I need a little bit of guidance on how, how to connect a little bit um, with, with growing his salon and what that looks like. Cause I don't think he's worked as a manager in a salon probably in those 20, 25 years, you know, yeah. and it so, changes fast. Yeah. Boy, does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly over the last three years, we've seen, you know, a mass amount of, of change and, and, and on that thought, on that thought, Britt. Um, so we just had Randy cotton on the podcast. If you're not, are you familiar with Randy? A little bit. Okay, so Randy, so for those of you that are listening in, so Randy is the CEO and the president, I think is his official title, of Salon Interactive. And what Salon Interactive is doing is that they're working with, including Salon Centric, they're working with distributors around the country to allow you to uh, sell products directly to your to the consumer directly to your clients and he'll cut and they'll cut you off a commission but to me it's such a huge win as a suite owner and i'm and i'm curious in in your opinion if it actually makes it back to the salon but as a suite owner like i don't have to carry inventory inventory takes up so much money to do as an independent and and as an independent i'm just not selling enough products to do a big buy-in Go ahead, Tony. No, I was going to jump in. I was going to, I was going to play devil's advocate a little bit in yeah. the sense of I, I'm with you. I mean, they're paying out 25% commission. You know what I mean? And I don't have to carry any inventory. As a salon owner, usually you pay your stylist 10% commission and they have it set up so where you can set up your stylist where they could still receive this, the 25%, right? So does the salon owner uh, try to collect it all and then pay out the 10% later or uh, or do they allow their stylists to collect the 25%? I mean, I, listen, if I, if, if, I think if I was a salon owner and I'm just going off of like instinct here, I, I don't have any numbers behind me because it all comes down to numbers, but maybe, maybe you take the 10% and you give them the 15% because it's not costing you anything to be in the store. You know, it's not costing you, it's not costing you anything. So, so let them, let them benefit for that. Um, we I, talked I love to the creative creativity. Yeah, like I that. do too. Yeah, I but, like and, this brainstorming. And the and the other thing too, though, and like when we talked to Rochelle Golden a couple uh, last month or a couple months ago, is what she's done is she's removed her retail, and now she has now she has stations there. She has you know she has mirrors that she can work on, and she and and she feels according to her numbers that 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 that's a better profit center than 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 products. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said profit center. So I'm a, I'm a huge believer in like, there's no one size fits all. And so even when I coach somebody, I'm, I'm always saying like, here's half a dozen ways you could, you could get to where you want to go. Cause I think everybody's built different. Um, I love salon interactive. I think the concept is innovative, fresh. I think it's in alignment with where just consumer behavior is headed, which is always where we should be looking forward. The, the thing that concerns me is I hope that those stylists who choose to go that direction or salons who choose to go that direction don't feel like, um, it's a shortcut. 
what makes me nervous, what's always made me nervous about retail sales is I think that people get um, complacent with it and don't learn good retail sales strategy. And so it scares me when it almost becomes easier that people will become lazier. I hope that's not true. Like hopefully I'm making that up and that's just garbage talk that I'm saying, but I think when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So if you were going to go that direction, I would still have at least one piece from the entire line you're selling available in the salon and you do the full pitch of the item. And I think that so many stylists are afraid to go full pitch because they feel like it's a heavy sales pitch. It should not feel salesy at all. It should feel like you are trying to tell your best friend about the thing that you are so obsessed with that you can't imagine them not having it in their own home. And then it ships directly to them. And then I'm here for that. But I think that it becomes this like, and you can order anything you want online. So just go for it. That's, that's, you're not going to get anywhere with that. So it could be 50% commission and it hardly matters if you're selling nothing. So what I would hope is that stylists and salon owners see that gigantic split, which it is, it's so generous as an incentive to figure out great retail sales strategy, because if you can, it's a landslide victory, Um, but making sure that it doesn't become this out of sight, out of mind, passive thing. I loved what you said when you said the stylist should get the lion's share of that commission, because I'm a fully believer in that. I think the stylist should always get the lion's share of anything. As you were saying, like how, when, when we were asking, like, should the owner take a retail profit at all? I actually got a little on the fence about it. I think the salon owner should be profitable. And so you should eat Either take retail profit if you think that there's going to be enough coming in. If you're going to take retail profit, then you should be taking less service profit. So I think that the there has to be like a little breathing room on one end, or you take more service profit and none of the retail, which incentivizes your team to sell more. And I could make an argument for either way, but I think you have to watch the double dip on that and just make sure that like it's set up so that the stylist always gets the lion's share. I love that. Um, you, you know, I as we're talking about this is, is where my brain goes as well is that, and I'm going to be harsh about this. And I don't mean this harshly at all, but just to make the point is that you're not allowed to complain about Amazon. So for Ulta taking your sales, if, if, if it's just as easy for your client to go on the internet and buy it from you and buy it for, or buy it from Amazon, because I don't think Knowing our clients or my clients, I'll, I'll be that hairdresser that goes only my clients, but I don't think my clients buy off of Amazon because it's disrespect to me or disrespect to my business. I think it comes down to convenience. And I think at, at, at 7 a.m. when they run out of product, they go, oh, crap, I need to buy that product because they do want to support you. They do so want to support you. If they had an opportunity to go somewhere else and support you, they would. Yeah, there's no Agreed. doubt. You know? I agree. And and I think that like, when you look at like brick and mortar stores are still doing well, like the idea that like, well, on, on, you know, Sephora, Amazon, whatever has stolen all of our, our business. I just can't get on board with it. Like for as much as I I buy stuff online, like I'm a human, like everybody else, but it doesn't mean I don't go to the mall or I don't go to my favorite, you know, local spots. I buy all my skincare from my esthetician. But it's, but it's, and yes, part of it is because I want to support her, but it's mostly because of the way she sells it to me. Like I wouldn't think about going online and buying it because she does such a great job of convincing me in the moment that I need it right the second. And when I'm running low, she'll DM me and be like, do you want to to auto ship this to you? Yep, I do. And so she's she's so on top of it that it's like, I don't even have a chance. And I think that's where we're falling short. So instead of like keeping up with our customer service, we're like, I hate Sephora. And it's like, no, you should, you should hate the fact that you don't know how to sell in a modern way. That's what you should be frustrated with, but it's so easy to overcome. Like 
I talked to some salons who were doing 30 grand a month in retail. So it's like, well, what, so what's your, what's your disconnect? Like it's still happening. You just have to learn how to facilitate it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Daniel Mason Jones says that he goes, he goes, you can be mad at Amazon all you want. Yes. We're failed as a, as an industry is failed to sell product. You Thank know? you. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. People are still buying it. It's just that we're not selling it properly. Right. Absolutely. But I listen, I'm, I'm super, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, I'm trying to get out of saying super excited because I think we all, we, as an industry, we always do that. I'm super excited to be here, but, um, but, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, about having the opportunity to compete because again, I think yeah. it comes down to convenience, you know, yeah. and salon interactive also, it allows you to set up, um, uh, uh frequencies. Right. So you yes. go, okay, send me one every six weeks and then bada bing, bada boom, we're all done. This is part of what we talked about where we start the conversation off in the beginning is how the the industry is evolving. Heck yeah. This is a huge part of the evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Agreed too. And I know the evolution is scary um, because it feels like uh, super vulnerable and like we're losing everything we've ever known. But I think the more that we stay educated and eyes wide open and not afraid to just try new stuff. Like if, if you bring a tool like that in and, and it, it appears to not be working for you, you first have to ask yourself, A, have I gone all in and do I know what I'm doing? And have I really giving it, you know, a shot? And if not, okay, then you could go back to doing what you were doing before. But I think that fear of just like giving something a shot we got to get over that and just, and try and move forward. I have a, um, I was talking about web 3.0, like NFTs and cryptocurrency and all that kind of stuff and how it's going to affect our industry. Cause it is like, ultimately color formulas are going to live on the blockchain. Like we just kind of had to get down with it. But as I say that it makes people upset because they're like, well, I don't want my color formula. Well, what is that? What is that? I'm a little upset, Brit. So like, like back up, like, like, like walk me through this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the future. Like ultimately the way things are looking now most everything will ultimately live on the blockchain. Like you get an airline ticket, it's going to live on the blockchain. Your medical record's going to live on the blockchain. Your color formula going to live on the blockchain. And it can make a stylist mad. It, it doesn't matter. It's the reality of what's going to happen. And I think that we fight the reality of where consumer behavior and trends are going rather than accepting it, embracing it and owning it. Like it could be a really cool thing. Imagine if have you ever been in the position where um, a client is leaving and they're like, so I'm moving to um, Fort Lauderdale. If I could just have my color formula, that would be great. And then you feel like in this awkward spot of like, I've been working with you for seven years. Like, yeah, just give it to your new stylist. I guess they don't even have to try. And so we get all our feelings about it. And it's this whole thing. Well, what the blockchain does is instead you say, absolutely. The value of your formula today is a thousand bucks. You can just take it yourself. It's available on the blockchain. You can go ahead and unlock that. It's yours to take with you. Uh, your stylist in Fort Lauderdale can have it or not. And that's your choice too. But it, it really changes the conversation. Um, blockchain can be used for stylists to have... Um, almost like a VIP clientele, like maybe you only have 150 spots for your, for your business. You're a stylist and you can handle 150 clients in your clientele. Well, those spots working with you now become assets on the blockchain that if this client does move to Fort Lauderdale, she can now sell that to the highest bidder on your wait list and make a profit when she bounces. There's just, there's just all these cool things that are evolving. And it sounds so obscure, right? It sounds like wacky and like, oh, I don't know about that. But you have to remember that like internet 1.0 sounded bonkers in 1993. And now it's and now we're here doing an interview like this and we live on the computers that we carry in our pocket, which is web 2.0. So I kind of don't even know how I got here. I just, well, get on the you know what? I'm, I'm Sorry, guys. I'm, no, no, no. I love it. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to follow you up though. Um, yes, it sounds obscure, but we also, uh, I'm intrigued. 
But hold on, hold on, it's hold, rad. On, hold on. It's gonna be amazing. But it's already, but it's, yeah. already, it's already here in a lesser manner because we have. I have a couple clients who are doctors who are no longer part of the insurance insurance uh, yeah. anymore. What they're doing is they're doing concierge doctoring, like they don't take insurance. It costs. Get this, she has. I don't want to mess this up, but let's. I think she has like a thousand. She has like a fat. No, she doesn't. She has like two hundred patients, and that's it. I love it. Okay. She has 200 patients and it, but it costs you like $3,000 a year to be a part of her program right now. Now, granted, we live in a, in an affluent area, but you know, now if you take like, what number did I give? Like 200, right now, if you multiply that by 3000, where are we at? Yeah. You're at 600 grand, right? You're at 600 grand. And, but she's also charging for those appointments, right? So, so that, she's essentially also- that's like how the blockchain is going to work. That's I, like, I'm sitting over here, like drooling. That's brilliant. It's so brilliant, she's getting right? 600 grand flat just to play the game, like just to be just a part to of the her game. business. Mm-hmm. And then you're paying for everything that you get done there. I think it's so smart. Exactly. So and she, and, and, and I mean, now what she does, what does she do is as, as, as a club member, which is what we're that's talking it? about. As right. a club member, now you have access to her 24 hours a day. So, so that, you know, they all have her cell phone. It's not like you don't have to go through a reception. I mean, she has receptionists and stuff, but but it's not that game. It's like, oh, let me text Ava like this. And, and, and whoops, I wasn't supposed to give out her name. But, but anyway, but we, um, so, but when she, um, when she gets those, oh, I forgot, I lost my train of thought. But, but anyways, you just have, you just have full access to her and there's, you don't have to play the game. Oh, here's what I was going. And I, and I was like, dude, don't you have that one person that drives you bonkers? And she was like, actually, I don't. She goes, everybody kind of respects my weekends and everybody kind of, you know, respects my personal life. Now, if it's there, she's there for them, you know? And I will tell you that, uh, you know, she's been in my chair and the phone rang and I'm like, aren't you a doctor? Shouldn't you get that? And she's like, It'll be fine for a couple minutes. I go, it's your business. <laughs> but, but she has whatever. healthy boundaries too. And if it's an emergency, they'll do what they have to do to get the help they need. But if she does get that annoying client who wants to call her every single day, she could just say, you're not a fit for my practice. I wish I could be mm. there for you every single day. And it's not. And she's probably got a hundred people who are on the way. Oh, she's got a crazy wait list. Yeah, yeah. no worries. Yeah. And it gives her true control of her business. Like that. Oh, I love that. That's a hundred percent where we're headed. hundred percent. I, I love it too. And like, I've been trying to think like, how can we like bring this over to our industry and how to, what does that look it's like? It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming. I think that clients aren't ready just yet, but I think it's important to have the conversation knowing that in the next few years, it's going to be a thing. God, I kind of want to brainstorm about what that would look like. Like what, what would like, what would like a club membership, a club hair appointment look like? You know, what could you, and where would the value be both for you and for the, uh, the client, you know? It's fun to think about that. Yeah. I mean, so many possibilities. I mean, it's, yeah, and somebody's going to do it and then uh, and somebody else is going to do it and change it. It's going to just, that's going to evolve in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, would, mm-hmm. would it work? Would it work in a team-based salon or is it, or is it, well, actually, you know what? Again, uh, this morning when we were talking, Michael brought up a great point where he was like, you know, everything is being tried in the studios and then being backlogged back into, mm. back into the, uh, into the salons. Right. So whether it's like online booking, whether like it's reception is free, or concierge thing or whether it's that's an online booking or whether it's like the, 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 the salon interactive type stuff, like all that's being tried, all that's being canaried in the suites and then, and then making its way back into the, uh, into, into the team-based thing. So again, if we were to do like a, a, a concierge, meaning like a, like a club, you know, a hairdresser club kind of thing, would it, would it first work in, you think it'd be first canaried there? 
I mean, you could do it in salons in the sense, maybe pay salary to your, to your employees. Right. Cause the money's guaranteed. You're getting those right. membership quote unquote membership fees or whatever. Yeah. It gives you that financial predictability as an owner that they have never had before. Like right. it yeah. is a true game changer. What's it? And you go ahead. No, no, you're up. You, you think about the salons, like I won't drop names, but there's some salons that almost have like a cult-like following and you get hired. They're feeling like it's almost like getting the golden ticket. Like you've got some built-in credibility and some built-in clientele. Imagine if they also had 2000 people on the blockchain in their book of business. And it's like, well, now you get access to that. It's just another going back to what we were talking about before in a studio suite, you're building from nothing. Or I could go into this team-based salon that's got 2000 people on their roster ready to rumble it, it just it changes everything it really levels the playing field in a lot of ways yeah th- there's actually a chain salon that's that's new to our area but um they have like a hair color club i don't know how it's how it mm. works how it's broken down but you know it's like you pay like you know x amount per month and you can get Madison your hair <laughs> i mean i was trying not to say that but you know forget you now <laughs> this is why brits go on my next podcast uh, <laughs> yeah see you're getting, you're getting replaced real quick see what you're right. doing here yeah. he earned it <laughs> okay but can we talk about that for a second so nobody gets any wacky ideas so the thing with membership you have to be careful of so i'm like oh, the the name the name that you just mentioned can pull something like that off because i'd imagine i've never been to a place like that but it would be like going to a dry bar. If I go in a dry bar, I don't know if I'm going to get Mary or Michaela today. I have no idea, but someone's going to do my blowout, right? If you do like a color membership in a salon, if you go membership model, you have to guarantee people can get what they're paying for. So if you're, if everyone's like, oh, I'm going to sell, you get a one root touch up a month. Cool. So you might have to work 14 hours on a Saturday if you can't get everybody in by the end of the month because you've now promised it. And so it can work. It's just important to realize like, there's some legalities to it. You can't just do whatever the heck you want. But in a corporation like that, they've got the flexibility. I don't know what their terms are, but I imagine it's kind of like, yeah, you can get your color done. Don't know who's going to do it, but somebody will be available. It's right. just a diff- really different model. But your, but your color's in the blockchain of their- uh, Hey, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. It, that is interesting to, do, to think about like what the blockchain and, and all that and how it's going to affect- But everybody. all of us seem impossible and then all these things are popping up everywhere and, and they're being successful. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I remember when, when I was trying to convince my stylist back in like, gosh, it was probably like 2012, like we got to get on Facebook. We got to get on Instagram. And they were like, okay, lady, like as if it mattered. And now it's like- <laughs> You can't run business without it. Right. Flash, flash forward 10 years and it's like, it's like step one, start your Instagram. It's just, we, it seems impossible until it's the reality and it's coming. Hmm. Boy, is it, you know, it's going to come quick too, because we've already kind of dealt in like this technology world. Like there's no longer yeah. that, like you said, like in 2012, there was, there was the hesitation. Well, that hesitate, that, the hesitation can no longer be the excuse. Nope. Right. Like, like you have to like, all right, well, let's ramp it up and, and, and go. Yeah. That'll be really, really interesting. You know? And, Big and, things and, coming. And, and follow Brit Siva because, um, you know, she she's actually following the trends and, you know, the, the trends that she's setting is what the other coaches are picking up. So, you know, you might as well go to the head. I love you guys. Thank mm. you for saying that. Dude, you know, it's true. I mean, we have we haven't had blockchain conversation with anyone. I'm also a tech geek. So I love I love like playing in this arena. It's fun. Well, I mean, we I have, think- we, we've had had crypto 
conversation. Well, we had a crypto Crypto conversation. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, that's a different different conversation because once again, through, you know, you keep hearing Web3 and and, and NFT and and all that, but you're like, well, how's it going to affect our our industry? Because I couldn't figure it out at all. But you just kind of said, okay, here's how it could. And you're like, oh, and I'm sure you're like, you're short selling it a lot. I'm sure it's going to affect the industry way more than just, I mean, how how would appointments work? You know, on, on the well, board? that wasn't even, even on my radar. And when you said it, I'm like, ding, ding. Exactly. you know, it's like, right? It, it can easily go that way. And- Y'all, that's this is how I spend my weekends. I'm like, how how is the blockchain going to affect us? But that's how my brain works. I'm like trying to put the dots together five, 10 years ahead, because if we can get out ahead of it, that's how we stay cutting edges in industry. That is what kept has kept us slow and small for so long is we, we wait and we wait for something to prove itself. Like people are just now getting to online books. Come on. Like it, it, we're just so slow on the uptake. And if we can just close that gap, even a little bit, we'll be unstoppable. I mean, think even think about like the conversation we had today with like Salon Interactive and all this. I mean, like this should have happened 15 years ago. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We should have been launching when Amazon launched. Like if we really wanted to be cutting edge. Right. Yeah. But the best time to start is now and it's happening. And and the, the, the shorter we can make those gaps of like us jumping into what consumers want today, the faster we'll explode. And we're getting close. It's exciting. We're getting close. Well, yeah, it just, it took us a long, long time. Probably, you know what? I'll, I'll say it. I mean, it probably took like Instagram or Facebook kind of just being in that world to even go to online booking. Like, okay, now we're comfortable enough. Now we're comfortable enough. To, Cause I don't even know if in 2005, if everybody had a computer. It's in there. It's, no, it's, they I, didn't. No way. No it's way. an exciting time to be a young hairdresser now. It is. It is. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, to be a young hairdresser starting off. It, there's, I mean, the possibilities are endless. I know. I know. Yeah. There's so many doors that open now, and that's why our industry is growing so fast. There's more people enrolled in cosmetology school all at one time right now than ever in the history of the industry. And that's amazing to see like young people straight out of high school who are like, I know where I'm going, like in a really deep, powerful way. It's exciting. Good stuff. That's awesome. We we need you to chat to uh to to our friends over at uh Paul Mitchell the Temple School, but that's a whole that's a whole nother story. I would love that. If y'all will meet me there, we can do it in person. That would be the best. In per- yeah, it's right down the street from my house. We'll definitely do okay. it. We'll definitely do it there. We're in. We're That'd in. Awesome. We'll make it happen. Great. We'll make that happen. Britt Siva, I, I we love you so much. And like yeah. and 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 like it, it it's so cool for this this conversation today is so cool because um it feels like a couple friends just chatting it up over a coffee, you know, where where even the podcast, even the even the conversation that we've had in the past felt a little bit more like a podcast podcast. Yeah. But Tony will tell you like the podcast that I love the most is just when we chop it up and just when the com we let the com our, our, our famous quote is like, let the conversation dictate the conversation. Mm, you know? I love that. I love so that. when we actually get to do that, I love that. And, and just in, you know, you're so brilliant that, you know, whatever we threw your way, you had like such yep. great insight on. So I, we love you. We, we love everything about you and, and, and totally appreciate that you took the time out today to, to chat with us. I love y'all too. And everybody misses the good stuff in the pre-show, but before we hopped on, they both said like, we don't really know what we're going to talk about today. We'll just see where it goes. And it made me so excited because it's so fun to to do exactly what you just said, like just have a real conversation and let everybody kind of like listen as on a fly on the wall as to kind of some of the cool things to come. So thank you for keeping it informal like this and just letting us vibe. This was awesome. Thank you guys. Letting us vibe. That, 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 that's the name of the that's podcast. That's the name of the podcast. Let, letting us vibe. I love it. Yeah. Letting I'm gonna write that down. Letting us vibe.
Letting us vibe. Miss Britt Siva, thank you very much for hanging out with us. And thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.